Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And certainly, uh, we try to focus on some things that are traditional around the Pikes Peak region. And one thing that happens year after year, has been happening for decades now, is the Trek Up Pikes Peak on New Year's Eve that is performed by the Adaman Club when it lights off fireworks, signaling the end of 2023 and the entry into the new year. And joining us to tell us more about this uh, organization and the experience, we're so pleased to have with us on the newsline, Dan Stewart, who's president of the Adaman Club this year. And first of all, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shannon. Good to talk to you. How did you get involved in the Adaman Club? I had been climbing mountains for a couple of decades and had a friend who was climbing with the club and he suggested I apply. So I I think I was just lucky. Because they only select one person every year. That's where you get at a man every year, right? Uh, is that how it works? That's exactly right. The club was founded in 1922 with a climb on New Year's Eve by uh, five people who uh, were a little crazy at the time. They just decided to do this. They got the Gazette Telegraph at the time, the newspaper, to sponsor them. So they did a New Year's watch party, and they had a supplier of fireworks down in the springs who uh, ran a sporting goods store, and he stood on the roof of the Gazette building and fired fireworks into the sky to let the uh, people on the summit know that he could see them. So they kind of signaled back and forth to welcome in the new year. But it was a, a difficult climb back in 1922 with the equipment they had. And they decided after that adventure that they would add one person each year. And so for now 101 years, the club has uh, continued. <laughs> and and those first five, uh, and I guess the ringleader was Fred Barr, who built Bar Trail. So anyone who's taken Bar Trail, and I think that's pretty much everyone in the Pikes Peak region at certain points, um, should uh, owes a debt of gratitude to Fred Barr. But uh, they were called the Frozen Five. They, they were the Frozen Five. They, their second hike, it was 19 below zero when they left Colorado oh, Springs. my goodness. And, and so they were indeed frozen. They actually, the ringleader was a different Fred. It was Fred Morath. And Fred and his brother, Ed, uh, started the club. They brought in Fred Barr because Fred Barr owned uh, the cabin halfway up the mountain. And so that was a convenient stopping off point. So Fred Barr was one of the frozen five. Um, and Harry Stanley, was, who was a famous local photographer, was brought along as one of those five to uh, record the, the adventure on film. Well, and, and the, I guess the adventure has not uh, dimmed in terms of the lore, because over the years you've added uh, dozens of new members, and uh, you're, you're now on your 106th new member, and we're hopefully going to be talking to that new member, Britt Jones, a little later on. Uh, how are the new members chosen? Like you said, you applied, but do all of them apply? Yes, what we do, we have a, an application process that opens generally right after Labor Day, and it's all online now. So 
people apply, they fill out a questionnaire that talks about uh, their length of time in the region because we want uh, local people to be part of this. And then they're basically their climbing resume. We want people who are uh, comfortable at altitude and, and familiar with mountains, basically that they love the mountains. Um, and, and so then we have the difficult task of choosing guests to accompany the members. Uh, if you're a member of the club, you can hike the mountain New Year's Eve, um, but guests need to be chosen because we only have a limited number of spots. And then from that guest list, uh, each year, essentially, if you've, if you've lasted long enough to work your way up the queue, then uh, you'll be chosen as a new member eventually. How big is the group? As because obviously some members choose to, you know, maybe maybe arthritis and age are getting the better of them, and they're not going to be climbing. So, how big usually is the group that's heading up the mountain on New Year's Eve? We're limited to thirty-two climbers because that's the uh, capacity of Bar Camp, and we do spend the night December thirtieth at Bar Camp, and so uh, if we have say twenty club members climbing, then we can invite 12 guests. I see. And and for those of, you, uh, of the public who maybe are uh, wondering how big the impact of the Adaman Club has been on Colorado Springs, uh, all you have to do is drive down Tejon and look at the new Adaman Alley, right? The, with that gorgeous sculpture that spans. It's probably one of my favorite sculptures just in terms of the way uh, in Colorado Springs that they, that they picked it so that it's very silhouetted over the alley um, because you have to look up to see it but once you see it it's so striking well that was a wonderful project we did that project to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the club and got lots of local participation we had some wonderful partners in that the downtown partnership being primary among them but uh, one of the members of rta architects who uh, offices in a building next to the alley uh, designed that archway and it was uh, created by a group called Creative Fabrications here in Colorado Springs. Well, like I said, I, I, it's my favorite, and I think there are probably a lot of people out there who might uh, start to pick that as one of their favorite public art installations that we have. We do have a wealth of them in, in Colorado Springs, but uh, uh, that's a new addition and a very welcome one. Uh, we need to take a short break here. When we come back, we'll be continuing our conversation with Dan Stewart, president of the Adaman Club, uh, preparing for their 102nd climb of Pikes Peak on New Year's Eve. We're back with the extra, and our show today is dedicated to the Adaman Club. And for those who are maybe unfamiliar with the club, Adaman, well, now it's at a person because it expanded to female <laughs> membership. When did, when did you make that change over, Dan? We invited the first female member to climb, or female guest to climb in 1983. So it's actually been now. Uh, 40 years since that first woman was invited. Was was that interesting? Because yeah, it was. That's a transition for the club. It it was a transition, and and of course the the world was changing in those days. The colleges that had been traditionally all male were inviting uh, female applicants, and and uh, and vice versa. An effort yeah. to be more <laughs> inclusive. Yeah. And vice so, versa. I knew uh, one of the first males to and, attend an all, all a formerly all girls college, and uh, and, oh. and he really enjoyed that experience. I must say. 
Yes, it, it, <laughs> uh, it was good for the club. I think it was good for the nation when those things changed. Um, there, it was certainly a little bit controversial. Interestingly, we had invited back in the 1970s uh, Governor Dick Lamb at the time to climb with the club, and he had just been elected governor, and he he did climb. He actually came back a couple of years after that to climb again. And when he was invited to climb, his wife, Dottie Lamb, um, wanted to climb with the club, and, and the club members turned her down. So I've always thought that was an interesting story because had she applied 10 years later, they probably would have welcomed her. Mm, yeah, and and maybe in retrospect, a mistake, but I mean, like you said, changing with the times, and the times were what they were at that point. So uh, here we are now in the 100 and 102nd year. I mean, for, for an organization to have survived for an entire century, what do you attribute that to, Dan? I, I think it was really... Um, brilliant of the founding five to uh, suggest that one person a year would be added to the club because the club then looks for people who are perhaps a little younger than they are. Uh, It brings new energy. It brings um, continued excitement. And so uh, the club has continued. In addition to those 105 or six members, uh, there have been probably more than 400 other people who have climbed as guests with the club over time. Some of them go for a single hike. Others have gone for six or seven times and then an injury or or some other reason will keep them from applying again or keep them from becoming a member. But but lots of people over the years have, have climbed at the club and it's certainly a Colorado Springs institution. And and we never can predict the weather. That's one thing that uh, unfortunately is a, a little bit. I mean, I'm I'm assuming there have been years which have been easier weather-wise than others. I, what's been the worst weather you ever climbed in, and what's been the best? Oh, there. Every year is an adventure, and and really, I used to think the worse the weather, the more the adventure. And so, <laughs> uh, you, you clearly have to be a little twisted to want to climb. Pikes Peak on New Year's Eve. <laughs> in the middle uh, of winter, yes. We, we've had some wonderful weather where it's been uh, in the 40s. It's light wind and beautiful blue skies, um, little snow, but that's probably the exception. Uh, we had a couple of years, 2010, 2011, uh, where uh, the weather, well, in 2010, the weather got the best of us. We actually turned around for the only time in the club's history. It was uh, with wind chill 50 below zero uh, on the face of the mountain. We'd had a, a storm blow in, and so we had a whiteout, and uh, we had seven cases of frostbite, as it mm. turned out. Um, very, very challenging uh, weather, and, and so we were about a mile, mile and a half from the summit and made the hard decision to turn around. Uh, the very next year, we had wind gusts of 110 miles an hour, uh, near the summit, and one of our members was blown off his feet and um, ruptured his ACL. So uh, it, we don't take the, the trek lightly. It, uh, we always have um, medical personnel along as a, a member of the club. And uh, so it's it, it's an adventure, but it's one where we want to focus on safety. And obviously, uh, we love the idea of 
presenting a fireworks show for the people of the region. And, and we always want to get to the summit to get that job done. Uh, yeah, the, the fireworks show is such a, a stupendous thing because uh, people can see it anywhere you are pretty much in all of Colorado Springs. All you have to do is get to a, a high viewing point and you're able to, to see those fireworks. Uh, so it makes New Year's Eve very special. So so let's see, the first year that uh, the Frozen Five took to the mountain, they were uh, carrying some 175 pounds of rockets and flares, as I understand how much in terms of uh, fireworks, what's the poundage, the the uh, tonnage, that would be the right word, what's the tonnage that you're carrying up there, up on the mountain? Well, the, the good news for all of us is that we now uh, truck those fireworks up ahead of time, oh. so we're not carrying <laughs> fireworks okay. with us. That each of those uh, explosives weighs six pounds, or I'm sorry, it's a six-inch uh, explosive, it weighs about a pound, but we set off um, 60 of them now at uh, midnight. We also have a, a 9 o'clock show for those who can't stay up until midnight. We do five um, explosives or five uh, fireworks at 9 o'clock to commemorate those frozen five. I love it's it. kind of a test for us to make sure that the fireworks are working. Okay. And it's probably safer that way, too, because, I mean, fireworks are explosives when you get right down to it. That, that's right. And we've obviously focused on our uh, safety over the years. We we used to do it in a way that uh, I wouldn't talk about on the radio, but uh, <laughs> it, these days we have them. Uh, it's all electronic. It's We're quite a distance from the actual uh, trailer that holds the, the fireworks. And so uh, we're we're very focused on safety up there. When you're up there at a certain point, and boy, the relief of getting to the top of the mountain, and where do you view the fireworks? I mean, are, do they open up the visitor center up there for you, or or, or how does that work? They do. The, these days, the the Summit House course is open to tourists year-round. Um, so when we get up there, often in the afternoon on the 31st, there will be a few tourists left from either the train or the highway, uh, depending on the weather, of course. And and then uh, we we stay in the Summit House until it's time to do the show. We, we go out uh, when we get there and, and wire up the show, get it ready to go. And then uh, everybody goes out at, at 9 o'clock and then again at midnight to uh, to view the show. So it's wonderful to be up there and, and be able to view it right overhead. Uh, what we hope is that people all over the Springs and, and the Pikes Peak region can see our handiwork. We do, we do. I, I'm I'm pleased to be able to view it outside my window, which is nice. Uh, so I don't have to venture in the cold. But I've I've gone to friends' houses for New Year's Eve celebrations, and uh, we would go out on the back deck. And I, I remember thinking, "Boy, it's cold out here. Wonder what they're feeling at the top of the mountain." <laughs> Probably uh, it's ten not twenty. Not unusual to have thirty or forty mile an hour winds up there. That's oh. pretty typical. Oh my. Uh, pretty constant. Oh my. Well, uh, Dan, I wish we had more time, but uh, we are going to be continuing our conversation here on the Extra, uh, focusing on the Adaman Club, preparing for their 102nd 
climb, and they're going to be lighting up fireworks from the tippy top of Pikes Peak on New Year's Eve, and two different times they'll be doing it at 9 p.m., and then, of course, right there at the stroke of midnight. When we come back, more of this conversation, and to Dan Stewart, the president of the Adaman Club, I want to thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Here's to uh, much more success in 2024. We're back with the second half hour of the extra show here on KRDO News Radio. And today our focus is on the Adaman Club as they embark on their venture to take on Pikes Peak and light off fireworks just in time to ring in the new year. And joining us on the KRDO Newsline right now, we're so pleased to have with us Britt Jones, who is the newest member of the Adaman Club. And Britt, first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be selected as this year's Adaman. Yes, it is a, a very selective process when you think uh, about uh, how many uh, people that there have been in this organization. I mean, you're talking just slightly over 100 people have been part of this organization, uh, starting with the Frozen Five that kicked it off uh, more than a century ago. It's pretty amazing to think. First of all, how did you get interested in this group? Well, um, I would say it came out of the fact that I got interested in mountaineering, um, and that became a love of my life and a passion to climb all the 14ers. When I discovered the list, I decided I wanted to go after climbing all of them, and so I did that and then climbed not only the ranked 14ers, the unranked 14ers, the Centennials, which are the highest 100 ranked summits, and um, through all this mountaineering, it was kind of a natural progression to do the Adaman. And so I got to know some of these people and applied, and uh, the rest is history, so to speak. And and it's not something that a dilettante can just undertake, right? I mean, you have to know your mountain climbing in order to do this. It is a, a big climb. 7,500 vertical feet on the east face of Pikes Peak is the highest amount of vertical gain on a on our mountains here in Colorado for all of the you know standard trailheads and it is uh, exponentially more difficult to do it in the middle of winter and you can really get yourself in a bind if uh, you're not prepared and and know what you're doing and have the stamina to go that far because it's like 14 miles. It's a long way, especially when you're tracing through deep snow. And for planning purposes, kind of difficult to plan for what might happen. We were hearing from Dan, uh, the group's president, in our last half hour, where he was talking about the two years where one year you actually had to cancel and turn back because of the frostbite danger and and the severe weather that you were experiencing at the summit. And another year, a member got blown off course. I mean, uh, and I know being an experienced mountaineer, you're probably used to that. But like you said, um, most mountaineers, mountain climbers they do these treks in the summer or late fall right true true and i have done mountaineering year round and so i have learned the skills of uh, you know what is needed to be able to get above tree line and be not only safe but reasonably comfortable 
and how to cover all exposed skin and then have the right gear and layers to be able to endure the winds or the temperature. And and the the difficult thing about the Adamant climb is it's a set date. <laughs> so normally, if I'm going to go, say, climb a mountain in the middle of winter, I can pick my days when the weather is going to cooperate. This, we have to go with what we're given. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, and at the same time, you're providing such a service to the people of the Pikes Peak region who enjoy those uh, last of the uh, year fireworks displays. Does that bring on a special, I guess, significance to you in, in this endeavor? I mean, it's not just climbing any mountain. You're climbing a mountain and doing something that's going to bring, bring excitement to people all over the uh, all over the region. That is one of the things that is um, unique and attractive about the Adamant Club is every one of these people are selfless volunteers. What they do is they give back to the community. And it's not just the fireworks on the summit of Pikes Peak on New Year's Eve, but they do all kinds of events, uh, volunteer service throughout the year. And so that is one of the things that I do like about these people is that they're very amazing, giving human beings to be a part of. Well, we need to take a short break here. When we come back, more from Britt Jones and his experience being added to the Adaman Club. That when the extra continues right here on KRDO News Radio. I'm Shannon Brinius. Thank you for listening. We're back with our final segment, and our guests today have been focused on telling us about the Adaman Club, which is set to embark on its 102nd summiting of Pikes Peak in order to bring the people of the Pikes Peak region that fireworks display that helps usher in 2024, the new year, and also bringing us that 9 p.m. experience. Uh, when you heard that there was also a 9 p.m. fireworks display, Britt uh, tacked on to the, of course, midnight thing. And this has been going on, I don't know, about a half dozen years, I would say, right? Um, is, is, does that make it easier or harder, the job that you do? The 9 p.m. is, well, last year it was a fireworks show. Traditionally, it is, they shoot off five flares at 9 p.m. And that's to honor the frozen five. So that's not a full-blown fireworks show every year. But last year was the celebration of the 100th anniversary, and so they did have a second show at 9 and one at midnight. I see. Got it. And so uh, that was an extra special thing. And then this year, as you're doing it, do you think that uh, climbing in a group, is that something that makes the experience more enjoyable? Or for you, an experienced mountaineer, is this something you're going to have to get used to, climbing with uh, close to three dozen other people? The teamwork is actually what makes the dream work. (laughs) <laughs> that is uh, one of the things that we're all about is that we're there to support one another, encourage one another. And there's like a, a well, I don't know if it's a saying, but a, a truth that um, they did some kind of study that one horse can pull, say, 2,000 pounds worth of load. Two horses can pull not just double that, but maybe 5,000 pounds. And then it goes exponentially up when they work together. And so that's what we have, what I found too in mountaineering is that if you have a group of people and you're all positive and working together, 
then you can do more than you would probably do solo. And that is especially true when we're pushing through deep snow above tree line is we will rotate through our group of people so that not one person is having to punch down all of the deep snow and do all the hard work. We allow people to go up to the front and then we rotate through and that makes it easier for everybody. Well, very good. Britt Jones, the newest member of the Adaman Club, and we wish you all the best as you embark on that trek to the peak of Pikes Peak. And to our earlier guest also joining us here on KRDO News Radio's The Extra, Dan Stewart, the president of the Adaman Club. Very exciting to hear about how the group has evolved and what your goals are for the year ahead. We really appreciate this discussion here on the extra and it makes you want to go out and maybe tackle some hikes of your own uh, maybe not all the way to the pikes peak summit but uh, other places indeed are just perfect for hiking and winter weather hiking and uh, just make sure that you're well prepared that's been the extra here on krdo news radio i'm your host shannon bernias have a good day